The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Is it time for SUVs to be sales phased out of the market? Currently, increased sales of these vehicles seem to be cancelling out the benefits of electric vehicles. Well, is that true? Is it not? To discuss it, I'm joined in studio by Conor Faulkner, transport consultant, and on the line, Professor Brian Caulfield of the School of Engineering at Trinity College in Dublin. Good morning and welcome to you both. Um, We'll start with you, Brian, on the line. Um, What are your thoughts about SUVs? Um, so w- what the evidence shows us is that these cars are 20, have a 20% higher emissions profile um, than, say, a, a saloon car or a hatchback car. So they are producing more emissions. We're selling more and more of them year on year. It would seem to me as a, a kind of a no-brainer, low-hanging fruit. This is something that we should start to phase out. Um, if people aren't yet ready to transfer to an electric car, um, the, the, the worst thing I think possible that they could be doing is buying one of these SUVs that have such a much higher uh, emissions profile. Now, they're very popular. They tend to be uh, at the very top of the charts every year. Massively so. So last year we sold over 22,000 of them in this country. Um, and of that 22,000 of them, about 14,000 of them were petrol or diesel. So they weren't even trying to hide some of their um, emissions profile. So they are very popular. They've been sold to people. Um, they're, and it's not just an Irish thing. They're, they're very popular all across Europe and, and across North America. So it is something that we need to start to grapple. And I think it is something that we need to, we need to phase out. Now, um, many SUVs today are electric. I mean, the VW ID4, for example, looks the same as any other SUV, but in fact, it's all electric. Yep, and it's fully electric. And I suppose I would have a little bit of an issue with those as well in that they use um, a much higher amount of uh, the, the rare minerals that we need to put into our electric vehicles. They um, need more energy to, to, to push these bigger vehicles around the roads. Um, again, you know, we need to be thinking a bit leaner about the vehicles that we, we're looking at, at selling in, uh, in, our, in our market um, and moving away from these big vehicles. And if you take away, you know, the, the, the powertrain and all the rest of the vehicle, they also take up much more space in our roads. That kind of then encroaches on cyclists. Um, it makes it a less safe environment for them to exist in. So for a number of reasons, I think we need to start to, to, to look at taking them out of our cities. Um, just for those who may be sitting in their SUV at the moment uh, and they're on their way to maybe drop kids to school or maybe there's someone with a, a buggy in the back in the boot of an SUV, a lot easier to, you know, throw the buggy in there and all the shopping that it might be in the boot of a saloon car. What, what do you say to them? Do you want these banned? Um, and I've got texts from several parents this morning that they're friends of mine um, inside SUVs. Do I want the band? No, I do think we need to phase them out, you know. And as you said there, but yes, they're easier to put, you know, um, golf clubs in and buggies and all the rest. But we need to just be a little bit more um, um, careful about where about the types and sizes of vehicles that we, we're using. I think they need to be phased out. I think we need to tax them higher. I think we need to tax them on the size of space that they take up um, and eventually move them out of our cities. Okay, Conor Faulkner, what do you say? Interesting conversation. There are some good points there and I think some bad ones. Uh, Starting off, we don't have a precise definition of an SUV. It's one of those trigger phrases. Well, SUV is sports utility vehicle. That was the original original. derivation of the term. Yeah, long since abstracted from that. You're now talking about there are small Toyota, modest cars. SUV relates to a body shape these days. Uh, The other thing about vehicles being higher emitting, well, we do have a very good tax structure whereby the more polluting your car is 
from the tailpipe, the more tax that you pay. And now we did that originally back in the late 2000s and it was so successful that there's now no such thing as a band uh, C, D or E car anymore. They're all band A or band B. Any new car of any body shape is dramatically less polluting than the new car of 10, 12 years ago. Fantastic, great progress. So actually, although the climate debate is huge, the private car contribution to emissions uh, is beginning to be a good story. This is, I think, conflating the climate conversation with a different conversation. We don't like SUVs because they're big and being big, they take up too much space in our cities and they're obnoxious. You can't see around them. It's like somebody standing up in a theatre. Now, I get those points of view. I think they're fair points, but they're nothing to do with the climate debate and you shouldn't conflate them. I don't think it's right to conflate Brian. Nothing to do with the climate. It's to do with uh, perception, I suppose, and maybe a touch of snobbery. Um, yeah, perhaps. Um, I, I, I suppose I came at it from both sides. It is a climate issue and it also is a road safety um, issue as well um, that, that these vehicles are out there. And it's a good analogy. It's like somebody standing up um, in, in a cinema um, what these SUVs are like. They are, you know, they are taking up, as I said, more road space and it is then pushing people away from um, using uh, cycling and walking in our, in our streets. So, so the man in the white van has got to get a smaller white van. Because they're um, the most obnoxious things to be behind, I have to say. Uh, you know, I, I know we have a lot of people listening who drive white vans, but I'm sure they are aware when they drive their private car how difficult it is to see around the white van. Sure, and, and I'm sure there wasn't 22,000 white vans sold last year in Ireland um, when there was 22,000 SUVs sold in Ireland. So, you know, it's, it's, there, there aren't as many of those vehicles around causing that, that type of issue. But again, you know, the, what is an SUV? I mean, are we complete, there's a, a vehicle, Hummer are making a vehicle in America. It's an electric car that weighs 4.6 tonnes. <laughs> Absolutely ludicrous yoke. Um, that's I, a truck. I, I, that's a truck posing as a car. At a glance, I'd ban it. Um, but who's to say I'm right? And am I making a climate conversation or, or a conversation about quality of life in cities? I think we have to be honest on this one. When you say ban SUVs, I think it's a mistake to borrow the legitimacy of and the importance of the climate argument and then to apply that to something else completely, really to do with prejudice and personal taste in other walks of life. This is not a climate conversation. Uh, there may still be a fair point about an over-engineered vehicle in a suburban environment, uh, but not a climate point. Um, so what about that, uh, Brian? It's not really about the climate. The motor industry remarkably has got its uh, act together when the EU brought in uh, rules about emissions and so on. Uh, the motor industry managed to, to curtail emissions very dramatically. I mean, originally with the catalytic converters, they got rid of obnoxious stuff. And then they managed to, with engine efficiency, lower the CO2 emissions very, very dramatically. So much so that the Green Party's policy on CO2 resulted in people being able to buy, be, buy a BMW 5 Series and pay less tax on it than they would have done on a five-year-old Fiesta. Yep, and I, I'm just very surprised to hear Connor say that, you know, anything about new sales isn't related somehow to the to the climate. So that's a bit that's surprising to me. But you're right, we've come a huge amount of uh, uh, distance 
in terms of making our cars cleaner and making them um, more efficient. We need to do the same again. We need that type of, of leap again. Do, do you think, Brian, that, that people who drive these uh, vehicles, and, and I mean, they come in all sizes, these SUVs, you can have small, tidy ones, and then you can have absolute monsters. Do you believe that the people who drive the, the monsters, and, you know, used to be described as the yummy mummy in mm. the, the SUV, uh, the yummy mummy driving this huge yoke that she didn't actually need, uh, but it was very much a status single. Do you think they should be made feel like pariahs, like people who smoke <laughs> or people who don't clean up dog poo uh, on the streets? I, I, I think that, you know, because of the higher emissions profile from them, I think what will happen is that they will eventually be phased out. And perhaps that kind of, you know, psychology will be used around smoking and, and the other mm. things that you mentioned there. And that it may become, you know, socially unacceptable to drive something that large. Um, we've seen it before in cars, like, you know, these SUVs up until recently had big bull bars in front of them, and those have been taken out. Um, if you walk past one of these SUVs in the schoolyard, you'd, be, you'd struggle to see a toddler in front of it. So for all of the reasons, you know, I, I come at it from, you know, from a climate perspective and also from a road safety perspective and a road space perspective. I don't think you can, you know, argue that you should ban them all based upon one of those different aspects. From each of the different arguments there, I think that they do stack up, and I do think it's a conversation that we really need to have. I, I think there's a, I think there's a degree of, of snobbery in that analysis. It plays to the stereotype. I saw a yummy mummy in an enormous car, costs more than I make in a year. What the hell does she want that for? She's only running the kids to school. You don't know that person. You don't know that life. Uh, she could have every reason why she needs that capacity and more, you don't know. But it tends to trigger the snob in us. And that's why I'm, I'm sceptical of it. I think it's probably a fair conversation to say the size, the weight of the vehicle that you're bringing into a city. Um, OK, maybe we could have that conversation. But importantly, let's not pretend that that's part of the climate conversation and borrow mm. legitimacy from that source. You're talking here about tastes and prejudices, which may be valid, um, but let's make sure we're clear about what we're discussing and not, as I say, use it as an excuse to berate motorists or call them smokers or look for an excuse to tax them. Uh, you, you can feel the snobbery from analysis mm. like that. Uh, Brian, the, the question of most people tend to buy secondhand cars. I mean, there's a, you know, a new car sales, obviously, to people who can afford it. And also uh, commercials tend to, you know, companies buy uh, cars that go into the fleet and eventually become secondhand cars. Um, you know, there'd be someone who'd be craving a second-hand Hyundai San Santa Fe, and they have done for years, and they manage to scrape a few grand together and buy one, and then they find people looking down their nose at them. That, uh, yeah, and that could be the case. I would, again, like to correct Connor that I actually did never said anything about yummy mummies. Or, or <laughs> no, no, I, I, I volunteered that, that past, from the Celtic but, uh, Tiger. And we will later yeah. on in the programme talking to Sarah Gilmartin be recalling the years of the Celtic Tiger, <laughs> Tiger in her new book, which is called Service. But anyway, that's for later on. Um, but, but, but you're right, those vehicles are going to be knocking around in our fleet for the next decade or maybe 15 years, causing the emissions that we need to get rid of. And if we think, you know, what's on top of us now in terms of trying to reduce emissions quickly in 10 years time it's going to be even worse so the more of these vehicles that are out there the longer they'll be there and the worse the problem will be but do you believe it's possible to to use a sensible taxation system you know to to get rid of bulky cars you know the parking space if you take up more space uh, because you have an suv that you pay more for your parking um, I do, and I've, you see this in other countries where they do that, and these bigger vehicles are, are charged more for entry into the into the cities. 
I think it's you I'm know. I'm just thinking then. Do you, you know? Do you, do, that the obese person who gets on the plane, do you charge them more because they weigh more? They're costing the climate more than fuel. You could do anybody that's flying in, in a plane versus a car are definitely costing the, 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 the climate more. But I think you're kind of maybe missing the, the point there a little bit. I do think this is low hanging fruit, these SUVs. And when SEAI came out with the, their, their data yesterday, they talked about more about walking and cycling and using public transport. That's great, but that takes a long time to get in place and for the change to happen. We're selling, you know, 20% of our cars are, that we're selling are these SUVs that are causing these higher amounts of emissions. Connor? So it's a little bit past me where we're not getting rid of them. Yeah, well, firstly, I do accept that, uh, sorry, Brian, I, I, I'm, it was me who threw out the cliche and, and I'm not accusing Brian of snobbery. And I do think there's probably an important conversation to be had there. It's worth noting that the car industry, it's amazing what they can achieve when they're forced and when they're watched. Uh, And that covers things like emissions. And also, I think we can apply pressure to the industry to cut down the size of these vehicles, which are clearly, no matter how you define it, just too big and bulky, over-engineered for their purpose in the environment in which they're used. I think there's a good point there that we could probably reach agreement on. Um, But as I say, credit where where progress has been made. And let's not lose this conversation into, you know, down rabbit holes about climate, which is not really what we're talking about here. OK, some of the text coming in. People are getting very large (laughs) and therefore need bigger cars. Loads of obese people driving these cars. Oh, and these heavy electric cars, uh, are the multi-stories able to cope with all the weight? We'll talk to Connor about that in a moment. I think twice before parking in my local multi-story. I've got four kids, so we need six seats in the car. My youngest is autistic, so I need to bring an accessible buggy. Are you telling me I now need two cars if we want to go anywhere as a family? Who does this guy think he is or to be utterly controlled in every aspect of our lives by the nanny state? Where will this end? Huge gains made every year in efficiency and fuel economy, and this apparently is not simply enough. The push goes on and on further to try to restrict our consumer choices. Time to just leave us alone to buy whatever we want. That's from Robert in Cork. Uh, Some of us need to tow trailers for various reasons. An ordinary car, useless for this. Perhaps addressing the number of flights people take may have a more effective outcome than SUVs. Is it true that if you need a new tyre for one, it costs much more than a tyre for an ordinary, similarly... car part for EVs I don't know this is on EVs Mm. Uh, does it cost more for tyres? No shouldn't Uh, again depends on the body shape of the vehicle even this far into the conversation Pat we still haven't precisely defined what an SUV is Um, you know people are thinking they're picturing in their heads something big and bulky with huge tyres that are expensive Um, but it could be a small car as I say SUV is a body shape Uh, on the climate side we should be looking at the tailpipe um, Don't the likes of farmers need SUVs I volunteer in the civil defence we need them for their off-road ability Another one says they need to be defined in law. Proper four-wheel drive off-roaders with high and low transmission, limited slip differential, etc. should not be curtailed as they are working vehicles. The school-run suburban tractors need to be got off the roads. Uh, Another one, my car is classed as an SUV. It does 50 miles to the gallon. It's diesel. He should be talking about the giant SUVs, um, but also SUVs are more comfortable when you get older, uh, you know, not having to dip down into a car rather Mm. than, uh, uh, you know, you can just slide across into an SUV, I suppose. Um, So in conclusion, then, Brian, um, a lot of people want to keep their SUVs. 
Yeah, a lot of good points that were made there. And as I said, you know, there's 22,000 of them sold. I'm not, again, I don't think 22,000 cars are pulling trailers or going off-road for the civil defence. Um, it's it's an argument that's been out there. It's the International Energy Association that say that this is uh, that this is the higher emissions profile. But Connor is right. We do need, and some of your texters are right, we do need to define them properly. And I would imagine that would happen if there was some sort of a taxation system that was yeah. going to look to, to phase them out. I got a text. Yummy mummy here. <laughs> Seven-seater SUV houses my two children, a buggy and my wheelchair. After sustaining a spinal injury in a road traffic accident, I only feel safe in a bigger, heavier car. Also, with car seats, etc., very little room for extra baggage and luggage. I'm all for the climate argument, but Connor is absolutely correct. You don't know the story behind mm. the wheel. So there you were. Um, just one last point, uh, guys. And I know, Connor, you were going to talk about yeah. this before we mentioned SUVs. This is the weight of electric cars greater than the weight of the equivalent in petrol or diesel. And what impact that might have on multi-storey car parks that were built uh, in an earlier time. Yeah, and on other walks of life. There are a lot of car parks that were built in the 1970s. And in fact, in the UK, they've issued a warning to some of those yeah, older car one parks. One did collapse. One did collapse. Now, the problem is that your typical electric car is a good 50% heavier uh, than its petrol or diesel equivalent. Uh, a, te- a Tesla Model S or Model 3, for example, 1.6 tonnes. The batteries are heavy. Now, if that's duplicated across the entire fleet, then, you know, the weight on, on the floor of your multi-storey might be 50% higher than you'd engineered for. Um, so it's one of the downsides of electric vehicles is not generally appreciated. Also an issue for, you know, when you hit Fire. pedestrians and vulnerable road users, uh, electric cars they're wonderful environmentally. They're a massive step forward. But physically, they're very, very heavy. Those batteries okay. weigh a lot. There is a question of fire as well. Brian, do you, as an engineer, do you have comments on that? The heavier um, electric cars, what they might do to older multi-storey uh, car parks. And also, if one goes on fire, I saw some stuff online of uh, electric buses going on fire. I think it was in China. And bang, 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 bang. One, two, three, four, mm. five. Up they went uh, in a jiffy. Uh, Brian? Yeah, I, I would imagine, uh, given that the, the, the codes that were used to, um, to to build those parking structures all those years ago, and Connor's right, these vehicles are heavier, and it is perhaps causing these structural issues, but also, I, I would imagine, causing issues on the roads as well, given that these vehicles, again, that they're heavier, they may be causing more wear and tear and depreciation. And we all know as well that electric vehicles produce um, a higher amount of particulate matter, um, which impacts upon air quality. When this is from the tyres. Mm. It's from the tyres, yeah, yeah, because the vehicles are heavier, yeah. Okay, uh, wear and tear on the tyres. I've been told that that electric cars uh, might eat up the tyres rather more quickly. Because they're physically heavier vehicles, yeah. All right. On that note of harmony, (laughs) (laughs) Brian Caulfield, Professor at the School of Engineering at Trinity College in Dublin, uh, thank you very much. And Transport Consultant Conor Falkman, uh, thank you also. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9am on News Talk.